After much ado about nothing, we're finally here. Yeah. Yes, because the listeners experienced that Behind twenty the minutes of oh yeah of uh, trouble. Setting up. They sure did. When graphics cards die, you make do. Yes. had the, the grave misfortune of having my graphics card blow out in the middle of a global chip shortage. And so, uh, uh, yeah. It's very hard to get a decent graphics card these days, number one, because of the global chip shortage, and number two, because everyone and their mother is starting to buy every graphics card in existence to mine crypto with. Ah, lovely. Speaking of which, I do need to talk to you about uh, PC building stuffs a little bit later. Like yes. Prior yes. to Black Friday, Cyber Monday anyway, because I want to take advantage of that to build a PC. A, PC. a personalized well, computer. For the most part, these days, the online retailers are giving out their deals before Black Friday. Okay. So generally speaking, they'll have everything, their best deals now. Sure. So So what you're saying is I should start looking for an SSD now. Th- this would be the time. And they have Black Friday price protection on most of their things. Oh, so, so if it goes down, it'll be like, hey, we're going to charge you what lowest deal was. Yeah. You'll That's... get a credit for the difference. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, struggling to wrap my brain around the fact that Thanksgiving is a week away from tomorrow already. Mm-hmm. As of the time of recording this, it's yep. probably in shorter time. If uh, Once this comes out, it will this. be but a few days until Thanksgiving. So. But is it not easy to eat? That'll make recording awkward. Are we going to record over Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, depends how busy. Because uh... I might be here Friday or Sat Friday, <laughs> just because mm-hmm. I I work on Friday morning and probably Saturday. Yeah. So I'm gonna come back here and then go home the weekend after because that's we'll when to work we're that out. I guess three birthdays. Yeah, we'll have to work that out. I guess. Um, we might not. We might just call it a holiday week. Yeah, we might. Stay tuned for that. I guess. Uh, what does Thanksgiving look like at the seminary? Thanksgiving looks like we're not here. Oh, you are? You are heading out? Yes, we get the whole week off, so that's pretty nice. I will be spending it in Wisconsin with my relatives. Okay. And uh, going up to IHM for a day, because those college suckers don't get off (laughs) the entire week. So I'll go up and spend uh, Sunday night with my college brothers and Monday morning. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that'll be good. And then uh, when do things wrap up for Christmas break? John was just asking this earlier, and I was like, I don't know. Well, officially we're done on the um, 9th. That's our last day of classes of December. But Or 10th, whatever that Friday is. But I have lots of back and forths to do, so I may end up just coming home a week early and driving home. Rather than fly back, fly out to f- fly to Minnesota, fly back, go to school for three days, then drive back home. Yeah, yeah. it seems slightly inconvenient. Yeah. Given the substantial distance involved. And also the fact that I have no exams that I even need to be back for. It's all just papers that are due last day of school sure. for the semester. So, Do they have you guys serving Bishop's Installation Mass? or? Yes, they do cool that's why i'm coming back up on the weekend of it's uh, that's that's happening yeah december the third 6th. you'll the have third to through the sixth i will be back home you'll have to try to see uh was it jd flynn's gonna be there or yes he was so he said i think i saw i've been sort of vaguely well my since my work twitter account follows a bunch of different Catholic things. 
the feed has just been inundated with uh, USCCB stuff going on. So I saw that he'd presented on something, but probably a stage or a podium. <laughs> yes, yes, theoretically. Um, but yeah, it's uh, stuff be happening. Eucharistic documents and uh, a lot of elections i've never paid this much attention to a uh a bishop's conference before but stuff be happening um, trying to wrap up things at work for different projects that need to be done prior to the holidays and the one project it's amazing when you're working on a magazine how if you need to add a page an extra page that you weren't originally planning on it, there's just this whole domino effect on the rest of the document so the way it works is with the printer is that the page count needs to be divisible by four uh -huh. so you cannot simply add one more page you have to add four more pages so well, here it i was does not simply add one more page because yep. they uh they need to lay a whole sheet in there and that's two yep. sides of two pages and opposite sides that makes sense correct yeah it's uh so um here i was happily sitting there with my nearly completed proof with the perfect number of pages just waiting on one piece of content to be submitted and of course that piece of content was too long so uh scramble to make things fit but i think it's i think it's gonna work out it's coming together so hopefully hopefully finally get that thing done by the end of the week and then tomorrow's gonna be a sort of a long day i've got uh there's this thing called the uh president's reception with the president of the school system giving a presentation i'll be recording that uh, video for that are you sure it isn't called the presentation yeah <laughs> That would just be confusing. It would be. Um, it's interesting how, I think it was around last year, when we did this thing, uh, we were, we pre-recorded his presentation to send it to people who couldn't come due to COVID. Sure. And I titled the video on YouTube, President's Reception, and then there's all this election information <laughs> that automatically displayed in the description. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose. Not that president. I didn't specify president of what, but the uh, the YouTube police bots are out doing, doing their work, I see. Plying their trade. <laughs> the lamplighters were plying their trade. Too early. Too early. Yeah, no. Too early. We've got another week of ordinary time. Mm -hmm. Simmer down. And then the Feast of Christ the King. What a glorious... I've always liked but as that. of the time of recording, the the Feast of Christ the King will have already happened. Yeah, as well, of the time of time release, of up, that is. Up, up. Release. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. There's not, not a ton else new going on in this part of the world. world. It's colder. It snowed, finally. Um, that's really about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's currently sixty five right now down nice. here. Oh, it's honestly a little disappointing to be past the Ides of November and <laughs> have it not be the sub thirty. Which day? I know at some point this week there was supposed to be a near total lunar eclipse, but it's at like four in the morning, and I don't feel like getting up for that. It's like the it's like uh it's like one every 600 years i'm like ooh, astronomical event crap why do, why do astronomical events have to happen when i want to sleep <laughs> that's, Although, that's the no. question i ask myself all the time except for why do events have to happen when i want to sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> like at all <laughs> there was uh of course what was it 2017 there was the big solar eclipse that was pretty cool it was pretty it was a little weird too um just how dark it got in the middle of the afternoon but astronomical there was also a bunch of uh uh aurora borealis going on the last few weeks up north aurora borealis mm -hmm. this time of this year, time of year in this part of the this country. time of day 
localized entirely within your North Dakota. <laughs> uh, but I saw some photos of that. It looked it. pretty cool. It was mostly green. I think uh, our buddy Han Andrew Haberman was visiting over the weekend. He said that uh, he lives up in Botno, North Dakota, which is oh, pretty far mm -hmm. north to the north. And he said they were pretty clear up where he was at. So that uh, that's pretty neat. Indeed. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> we're running out of things to say. We're the Palladium Papists. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Nathan. And I am Riley. Uh, this would be an edition of Gregarious Games. <clears throat> Speaking of, of running out of things to say, our, our main character in this one doesn't uh, say have anything. much to say. He's a silent protagonist. Um uh yes ladies and gentlemen we are talking about the shooter granddaddy of them all pretty much modern shooter granddaddy mm, there's there's it's one of the i wouldn't really on the other that. side of the family from dune like you have your one grandfather and then there's the other grandfather or not dune uh, dune dune's <laughs> different doom uh no we're not talking about doom either though no we are talking about half-life now if you want to talk about physics-based puzzles physics engines that's what it's the granddaddy of yeah yeah first person physics-based 3d games yeah uh so yes half-life uh the first game came out in 1998 so it's nearly as old as we are mm. um so you begin the game uh it, on a know, train on a train you're uh, a illustrious Dr. Gordon Freeman making your way into the Black Mesa facility in New Mexico where you study all sorts of interesting phenomena. Physics. Stuff. You're a physicist. Um, so there's this wacky artifact thing that they found and they're like, let's throw a bunch of particles at it and see what happens. So you dress up in your super duper suit. Your hazmat. Hazmat like suit. Shooter mechanic explained Dr. Suit. Freeman. Um, he doesn't show up yet. No. He shows up in the background. No. Oh, oh no, I wasn't doing that. Anyway, I was trying to do the, the, the robot voice. But oh, right. anyhow, so you uh, you walk into work and everybody's like, hey, you're like, get in there. You're, you're, it's time to do the experiment. So the experiment involves you taking this crystal and shoving it into a laser to see what happens. And lo and behold you shoving a crystal into a laser in this instance um isn't just a dance party it's uh it opens a portal to an alien world called zen and all these wild creatures start pouring out of the portal and completely contaminating and filling the facility um you know, so like things have gone quite wrong so there's your fellow scientists are scrambling about the place and security guards are trying to contain the, the chaos and people are getting killed by strange creatures left and right and you're just like running around trying to stay alive. So um, as you progress, progress through the game, you gradually pick up weapons and start shooting the creatures. You got Whacking things with crowbars, yep. shooting them with shotguns, you know. That, that type of stuff and you discover there's a group of uh, scientists who are still alive who are like okay if we make our way to this one part of the facility we can call for help so they call for help and the government comes and sends in troops to save the day and by save the day we mean shoot everybody and everything <laughs> because the government's like you know how about we clean up the mess by pretending the mess never existed and if you say otherwise or have potential to say otherwise you're how about you die but, so but now not, not going to say otherwise no because he, he obviously just, a physicist is an expert at the use of weapons so not only can he kill scores of aliens he can also kill scores of government soldiers i have a phd in kicking <laughs> <laughs> precisely so not only are you fighting alien creatures you are also fighting government troops trying to silence you um, so yeah, you make your way through the facility and there's a group of survivors who are like, um, managed to cobble together some equipment. They're like, you know what? We might be able to put a stop to this thing if we can send somebody to this place that's sort of a in-between dimension, this, this place is called Zen. If we can send them there and try to shut the portal because there's something in there that's holding it open, this being. So, 
you fight your way through the facility, um, jump through some portals, fight a bunch of giant crabs, and then there's a three-armed giant baby you shoot a bunch of times until it dies, and that allows the portal to be shut after a big explosion. But instead of simply being teleported back to the facility, you are instead stuck in this weird in-between place, and there's a man in a suit with a really creepy voice who says, Dr. Freeman. It's not my best uh, G-Man, as the man has come to the be known. The G-Man voice is kind of hard. It is hard. Yeah, it's very specific and weird. There's, there's the one guy on YouTube who's particularly good at it. But uh, anyway, um, he's like, hey, so... And, and throughout the game, you kind of get glimpses of this guy watching you from time to time. He's like, hey, uh, you're pretty good at what you do there. Um, my uh, <coughs> employers are very interested in you, so I've been told to make you a job offer. Um, if you An ex- offer you can't refuse. Yes. Because if you refuse, you die. Yes. Um, so if you choose to accept, you'll be placed in stasis until he needs you, which... Yeah, it's it's sort of in this weird spacey version of the rail car you entered the game with. Yeah, it's a real great like uh, bookend to it. Mm-hmm. If you choose to refuse, then you just get sent into a pit full of these really strong creatures. It's open ended. You probably survive. Yeah. Because there is a sequel. So yeah. I think either ending is technically could be considered canon. Yep. So you you're placed. Doctor Freeman's placed into stasis, and years later. About Rise and shine, Doctor Freeman. Did number two come out two thousand seven. Uh, two thousand four. Four. According oh, okay. to it's Google. only like six years later. Yeah. Um, Rise and shine, Doctor Freeman. So it's it's uh, time for the second game, Doctor Freeman. Not those you... in between calls that we made with the same engine. No, no, no. Um, which are actually kind of fun in their own right. Just very short. Anyway. So he's like, all right, uh, I need you now. Time to wake up. I'm going to send you. I'm going to put you on a train. I'm going to put you on a train. Who would have thunk? And nobody questions why. <laughs> I like <you> just... trains. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody's questioning why you suddenly appeared on this train. But things are quite different from how you left them because you're back on Earth. Everybody's wearing like these prisoner style jumpsuits for some reason. And uh, as you make your way, as you get off the train and go through this checkpoint, you discover that humanity has been sort of enslaved by this um, organization called the Combine. So there's all these human guards who work for the Combine. They wear masks and suits and stuff. And there's a bunch of people who are none too pleased about their plight. Uh, There's no kids anywhere uh, because the Combine has shut that part of humanity down um and there's this there's this man who um let's see i'm trying to remember his name he's talking to people big brother style on the uh trying to okay trying to remember the name of this doctor who's talking to people big brother style but anyway doctor somebody evil you're walking around this place you discover it's called city 17 um walking around and you notice that the troops are the the combine soldiers are kind of looking at you funny and uh you're trying to stay keep out of their attention um so you run into this building and there's this this guard there who pulls you to the side it's like hey you come with me and he pulls off his mask he's like hey it's me barney you know the guy you remember from the last game even though all the guards looked the same (laughs) <laughs> I'm part of this resistance. We don't like the combine and uh, we're ecstatic that we found you. So you get into contact with uh, Dr. Eli, I believe. Dr. Vance. Yeah, Dr. Van- Eli Vance. Um, and he's like, whoa, Dr. Uh, Freeman, it's weird. You haven't aged a day. Uh, why don't you come on down to our secret base and we can fill you in on what's going on here. So... And at some point, you also encounter uh, Eli's daughter, Alex Vance. Um, And so together, you make your way fighting all these Combine guys until you escape to the safe house where there's this scientist and his pet head crab. um, And they're like, hey, we managed to get this old teleporter thing working. So um, let's... Oh, yeah, Dr. Wallace Breen is the uh, evil guy. 
So, okay. So yeah, they're like, okay, Dr. Freeman, you're good at smacking things and shooting things. How about you help us overthrow the combine so we can free humanity from this oppression? Um, because it turned out that when he opened up the portal, the combine, the aliens that had in, infested the facility, uh, Black Mesa, were in fact running away from another entity, which was the combine. And so they've sort of placed this puppet dictator, Doctor Breen, had to be in control of Earth. So and actually, they in this resistance don't they have a couple of the aliens? Yeah, there are these three armed aliens called Vortigaunts who are sort of these telepathic creatures that shoot green beans, beams. And uh, so, yeah, you go around, you go to Ravenholm, even though nobody goes there. There's this old uh, pastor guy who's like, hey, help me out. Throw some saw blades around at some zombies and we can escape. And then Mm -hmm. he eventually, doesn't he like die trying to hold them off for you? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's a good little bit. Yeah. Like uh, you use pheromones to control giant ants, which is kind of half fun, half really, really annoying. <laughs> uh, Doctor Vance has been working on this uh, this nifty gadget called a gravity gun, which is a blast to mess around with, because um, you can grab things and shoot them away very fast. And there's mm-hmm. just an abundance of saw blades lying around. Who would have thunk? Um. So anyway, you you eventually make your way to the Citadel, where Dr. Breen's hiding out. He manages to capture Alex and her dad, Eli. But in the chaos of the fight, your um, gravity gun gets zapped by this weird alien force field thing, and it becomes super, super duper gravity gun, which enables you to pick up entire people and throw them around. So intense power trip. So you get to the top, fight Dr. Breen, break down his machine that's controlling humanity. Um, But it all explodes, and it seems like you're not going to make it out of the blast. But then time is frozen, and uh, the G-Man is like, well, that's what I wanted you to do. So uh, here we are. Um, Come back into stasis with me, and the game ends. Even though there's a bunch of, like, episode two, because in episode two, or episode three, yeah, Half-Life 2 episode 1, 2, because, you know, Valve can't count to 3 to save their lives. So there's there's some sequel, like, in-betweenquel stuff going on, but I'm not going to get into that. Partially and we also I haven't any of them. played Alex because none of us have access to a VR headset. Yes. By all accounts, sounds like a good game. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like Nathan said, no VR. Uh, so fairly simple Remember, plot. no VR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh what are some uh, nathan and i have played it riley's working on the first one so nathan what are some cool things you liked about the half-life games well the first one um was well both games are pretty revolutionary for mm-hmm. their like physics engine they like yep you could pick things up and drop them they'd act like gravity without being programmed they'd bounce around on the way. ground stuff you like could that cut people up by like throwing saw blades at them and throw their body parts around and it's like whoa it's reacting in realistic ish ways particularly for 2004 mm-hmm. which is like one of the coolest things it did the whole yeah source engine that it developed is the I think for the for... time too the facial animations were like some of the most advanced oh, yeah. in games to that point and it was such a great uh, physics engine that they used it as the base for Left 4 Dead, for the Portal games, for the Team Fortress games. A mod of uh, a mod of the first Half Life game eventually became Counter Strike. Right, and then a mod of Counter Strike eventually became Team Fortress. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's also the the game that put Valve on the map that and then they had went on to Steam, make Steam and decided and stopped we're making games altogether, even though they've made like couple of the best ones ever Mm -hmm. after not long after half-life 2 they made portal and then portal 2 which we have also talked about yes um the the first one felt a lot like a proof of concept for the second one i feel like Mm -hmm. it's good for like 98 but it also it it, did for the most part it holds up when you try to play it it's just a little janky no it's it's more than a little janky let's be honest there's a lot of jank and it's also not very well paced i would say yeah it's really there are long. some levels that 
drag on for far too long. It's kind of like when you go back mind, and if the helicopter you, comes to mind. Yeah. Well, even even just like the whole intro sequence is incredibly long. Although I do appreciate that it slows down and lets you just kind of observe this very well put together, well thought out environment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of background details. The first one less, well, the second one more so than the first one. But even in the first one, you pay close attention and you see the G-Man running around. And there's conversations you hear overhear people having. Mm -hmm. Sometimes about you, sometimes about what's going on. So you get a lot of like incidental lore. Yeah. And this is all the more in the second one where you just kind of sit in like the rebel camp and they'll talk about all the combine and all the lore and all the, the stuff. So it's like, there's a lot of detail in that. And there's a lot of like radio transmissions where you just hear people ch pick up chatter. that can pick up that can. And there's also, and there's just a lot of detail poured into all the environments in the second one, particularly. Mm -hmm. And also I think the second one really tightened up that pacing. Yeah. I felt like there was no set piece that really lasted longer than it needed to. Yep. Like, uh, you you get the opening sequence, and then you get on your your um, hovercraft going over the water, which is equal parts fun and really frustrating. At and times. by the time you're just about fed up with that, they they let you go. And it's like okay, new thing. Yeah. Do this next area. Oh, get on this dune buggy and drive around. Okay. Now platform over some sand and avoid the ant lions. Okay. Now you control the ant lions. Which Ooh. You, so like they there's a lot of really great pacing in the way they give you weapons and the way they play with your expectations and it's they'll make you like feel powerless for a level or a chunk of level only to empower you in the next level and make you feel all the more awesome mm -hmm. i think as i kind of mentioned in passing before raven home might be one of my favorite yep. parts of that game uh just because you show up and you just got the gravity gun right you've just been playing around with it with a dog the giant robot right playing fetch with him and this place has been just like completely infested and abandoned by humans because the head crabs which basically turn people into zombies have taken over um there's um all kinds of it's it's sort of a spooky section right and but also you can there's all, this is where all the saw blades are so you just mm -hmm. got the gravity gun you can pick up a saw blade in fact as you're entering the area there's some really great environmental clue giving where like just leaned up against the wall is the body of a head cramp zombie with a with a saw blade jabbed into the wall where its neck is severing the head. And it's like, oh, that gives me a scathingly brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this and just decapitate all the guys. Mm -hmm. And it's it's one part like survival horror, one part power trip. It's, and I think Raven Home in general just kind of encapsulates what's so great about it. Even the incidental secondary character of, uh, I forget what the, the pastor religious guy's name is, but mm -hmm. he's like, He's just this really solid guy. It's like, oh, you want to get through? I'll help you out. Uh, My flock is all dead, so I'm just fighting these these guys. But uh, but yeah, and then um, Alex Vance, obviously, you know, um, love interest, but eh, genuinely not, good heroine. It's an implied love interest. Well, it's it's heavily implied apparently in the expanded stuff. Oh sure. Which, I, I mean, makes sense. but I didn't play... Well, it's the only girl character they introduced. Right, yeah. So who else? Um, one thing... Uh, the thing that these games get and are actually sort of notorious for is atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Um, there's uh, Half-Life 2 and Gmod, which, you know, as mods of Half-Life 2, are notorious for creating this feeling of being alone but being watched mm -hmm. I, I was watching a video just kind of going into the psychology of that it is something about the color palette and the way things move and, and like, just the the sound oh yeah the kind of like the, hollow echoey the deafening silence yeah and that they also make that work in portal too you know yeah they, they make that work to their advantage i also like how uh uh they kind of imply a shared universe to with different... uh, with portal yeah Two, they've got like these two major companies both working on portal technology. Yep. Only one gets interdimensional aliens and the other actually has fun puzzles. Yep. And an evil computer. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the first game, like 
really saying it's, it's kind of janky there's especially like a lot of the platforming sessions like yeah i know what i'm doing it's just the pipe is shaped so weird and it's so hard to walk straight across this dang thing i've been falling and do this over and over zoom everywhere yeah you're yeah. way too fast but fortunately the second game the controls are a lot more dialed in and it, it, it plays pretty close to how everything's portal a lot feels. more dialed in well, yeah and it plays close to how portal feels because portal uses that exact exact engine, engine in physics yeah portal plays was... a lot how half-life 2 plays yeah that's the, the proper ordering of those statements all they yeah. did was change what gun you're holding mm-hmm. and add the whole portal physics thing which oh yeah um, better textures and all that jazz yeah well yeah um so yeah the story it's fairly simplistic as stories go but it's uh the way it tells the story through the gameplay is pretty cool in terms of first person games um i mean at that point of course i was too young to remember much at that point but there wasn't really a ton out there um and story heavy environmental storytelling games per se because obviously you had like doom and some other shooters and stuff but which those did have a certain amount of atmosphere. It just wasn't as dialed in or as much the point mm-hmm. as it was in the first Half-Life. The nor combination were, of shooting and platforming is all, and puzzles is... Uh, what's that? Nor were they particularly story-rich. No. Um, there's yeah, there's just a lot of environmental storytelling and uh, the puzzles and platforming when they work properly are fun. <laughs> It works a lot better in the second one. Yes. Like for, that bit where sure. you're going through the, the, the desert, dodging the antlions, where you can pick up boxes and place them on the sand so that when you step on the box that's stepping on the sand, you don't wake them up. Mm-hmm. Even though, So the logic there doesn't quite fall, fall through completely because no. you're still rustling the sand. And it, the don't point you is, like launched at one point with like this catapult thing? Or no, it's like I got, they throw you with a crane. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> It's kind of a fun set piece. Obviously, the favorite set piece in the series is when you get the powerful gravity gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Just because you can... And that's like after they took away all your other weapons. Yeah. And so all you have is this... Like you're about to fall into the Combine's hands and then zapping the gravity gun makes it go Super Saiyan. So you just grab and yeet people around. So good. It's good fun. Um, And then... uh, I don't know, Doctor What's His Face is sort of a vaguely um Doctor Breen. Yeah, Doctor Breen. He he's a villain. He's you know, he's a puppet for the real bad guys, so I don't real know. bad guys we don't actually face because that no. probably would be hap- what happens in the third game, but we if don't If they ever make a third game. And at this point they kinda shouldn't because they sort of have real. I mean they made a Half Life Alex, which I think takes place like before Half Life Two. I don't know. I would it's need tough to, play to say. It to know what happens. I don't know a ton about it, but anyhow, Point is, if Half Life Three ever comes out, it's not going to live up to expectations and reputation, mm-hmm. or at least odds are it won't. It very well could. There, that is a possibility. It's just not a likelihood at this stage. Yeah, and I feel like um, Valve only makes Half Life games to show off their biggest, newest technological uh, leap. Yeah, it's like. We made this physics engine. Let's make a game about the physics engine. Yep. Half-Life 1. We made an updated version of that physics engine. It's so much cooler now. Let's do a second one. Mm-hmm. And only just now, after they made their Source 3, is that what it is? Yeah. Where it's all the VR stuff and all this high-quality models. Like, okay, Half-Life game, not 3, Alex. Yep. Half-Life HD this time in VR, which I suppose it was sort of like one of the first big, like big budget VR titles, VR game, VR titles. Yeah. Well, it's the yeah, it's there a full some, game. There's some yeah. big budget like tech demos out there, pretty much with with some big names attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like un- they had, of course, like Skyrim VR and you know ah, sure. stuff that already existed that they like, ported to yeah, a, a VR environment. But this Half Life Alex was probably the first like purpose made um, VR AAA experience. I so think they uh, just recently made like uh, Resident Evil Four, but it's VR now, mm-hmm. which is like, huh, that's odd. 
if it wasn't prohibitively expensive, I would try VR and probably play Half-Life Alex. But at this time, until it becomes more affordable, I'm not really going to try. Yeah, no. Pretty processing heavy, too, which is a lot of where the expense comes in. But anyway, the first two games are good fun. I played through some of the, like, Half-Life, um, like, Blue Shift and... When you you get to play as a security guard, I guess who ends up being Barney from the second game, you play as a soldier, um, fighting your way through Black Mesa trying to track down Gordon Freeman, and I think there was one more, but I'm not remembering it. But I don't know, they're they're kind of fun. Um, but yeah, good good stuff. Good good stuff. Good good good. Good good good. <laughs> Um, good, 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 what are your um what are your impressions so far i guess of uh, half-life one um i don't really have much to add beyond what we've already said just kind of i can tell that it was a big step up from other stuff in its time but of course yeah. it kind of has those janky elements it's still from it very much of its time mm-hmm. still very much um it's interesting going from half-life to playing like the first halo game um, because you see a lot of similarities in terms of like pacing and different things, but obviously, you know, Halo is a few years newer. Um, they were working with a little bit more, but it had sort of some of the s- similar problems where like missions in Halo felt like way too long, like because the maps were huge, mm-hmm. and it was easy to die a bunch. There was some of that going on in uh, Halo, or not Halo, uh, Half Life rather. There's a, there's kind of an unpolished first game syndrome that can happen with games but it laid the foundation for what a lot of like the whole first person genre because after this you got wolfenstein you have all of the war shooters that came off of it wolfenstein technically happened before even doom right but i mean like but then there was uh, like the the newer ones wolfenstein new order and whatever Mm -hmm. uh but that that's a reboot like doom 2016 right yeah it's it paved the way for a lot of first person games. I, I feel like Half Life goes more into System Shock and then into Bioshock. Yeah, you know? I mean in Bioshock they they're straight up re- they straight up reference Half Life when you pick up a wrench and and then Atlas tells you why don't you pick up a crowbar or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, story based um, shooters not. I'd, I'd I'd call it like an adventure shooter. Not really no. well, like a like a shooter where you're just going around killing. Yeah, I, I would not. Yeah, do, I, think, I would not go there. Adventure kind of tells think, you that it's non-linear. I think and the focus of adventure is more on exploration. Oh, right. sure. Finding the keys to the next door so you have more worlds to explore. Yeah, that makes that's, sense. That's this how is Zelda is. That's how Metroid is. Definitely that's more how, linear than that. Uh, King's Quest is. It's exploration. Where this one has some open feeling and some what feels like exploration, but you're it's a funnel. Yeah. You're being funneled in a direction and it feels natural and it flows nicely, but And it's you can not... get lost. Yes. It happens a lot, especially in the first game, where it's like something's wrong. I didn't do something in the right order. That isn't the point of the game. True. That's just flaws. In, for example, if, if if this were an adventure game, I would pick up the gravity gun and say, Oh wow, look at this physics based item that I can use for all this puzzle solving and exploration. I didn't say that. I said I'm going to use a saw blade and cut the head off a sucker and use that head to kill another guy because it's a shooter and that's the way the game is geared. Mm -hmm. It's the mindset you're in when you're playing it because that's what it is. Get to point A and point B and kill everything that's in your way. Yeah. Is uh, basically what it boils down to. Yes. Um, I guess with all that said, we can get into some transcendental analysis. I suppose. Uh, truth. What are some truths in Half-Life? I guess there's sort of a commentary. Don't mess with stuff you don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Sort of a rebuke of uh, sort of a scientism in, in some ways. Science! Progress for its own sake. Kind of similar to portal in that way i suppose yeah um because yeah they're, they're just like you know what let's open up a portal the game the, the first game is basically the law of inten- unintended consequences of the game um 
actually isn't unforeseen consequences i think isn't one of the names of the chapters i want to say sure um half-life stands are probably screaming the actual name if there is are anyone listening and we know you are um <laughs> we know one of two of you is well, yeah. we've been screamed at by stands of other things i'm sure yeah so, <laughs> i i know there's details we've gone wrong about most things we've ever talked about so. yeah because we're horribly prepared we are, we oh yeah we're a professional <laughs> <laughs> um anyway that being said yeah it's sort of a rebuke of scientism and like progress for its own sake because uh, you unleash all kinds of terror on uh, not just the facility but also uh on the world on large. the world because in the second game the entire world has been enslaved by this foreign alien entity and you have also been enslaved by some entity of some kind we don't know the true nature of because and still don't and still don't just because they like to keep g-man as mysterious as mysterious possible. which i respect that creative choice yeah um the second one is a lot more straightforward it's uh it's fighting almost against... a triumph of the human spirit kind, kind of, of. A kind of a deal because in the midst of all Rebellion this chaos and suffering insurmountable odds mm-hmm. just you a crowbar and a gravity gun against the world yep and a lot of um i suppose now we're getting breaking more into goodness there's not there's not really a ton of truth to see the again farmers it's not like, are bad <laughs> I, the, the thing we about, don't like the combine <laughs> We don't want any aliens crossing over here illegally. <laughs> now, Skeeter, you don't mean no trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Um, well, we'll probably get to this more when it's beauty. But it's like it's not so much the story that's being told, but how it's being told. Then it's kind the of the real like, story was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go one episode? <laughs> The real podcast <laughs> was the friends we made along the way. Anyway, what were you saying, Nathan? Uh, let's move on to goodness. Yeah. Let's see. Because um, I think what I had to say about it is more, more in the beauty category anyway. Oh, sure. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, really pretty character shorts in the first game, but the second game... Uh, You've got Alex, you've got her dad, you've got Dog the Robot. <laughs> you have Mr. Scientist Man, I don't remember his name. But isn't he the same guy from the first one who's like, hey, yeah. Gordon, let's, let's do this What thing. have you done with Lamar, his his pet de-beaked um, head crab? Uh, you really... must put the CD in your computer. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so there's a lot of people, and of course, nameless, faceless, well, okay, like copy and pasted. NPC Albert Einstein's. Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> a copy paste rebels are willing to sacrifice their lives to help you accomplish your goal. And even the uh the <clears throat> aliens from the last game who the have put aside yeah. their Yeah, the Vortigons who are, who are kind of you have put aside your differences to help overcome the combine and kind mm-hmm. of help them return to their homeland eventually, hopefully. Yeah. Um so yeah, good stuff. Uh let's that's all I can think of with that. Yeah. Um, Again, it's very light, very subtle, very backgroundy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, beauty. This is, I mean, it's a game from 2004 and 1998, respectively. So it's it's going to look like from that time, but for yeah. that time, it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, highest quality physics engine, some of the best like character rigging, and they had mouth movements when mm-hmm. they talked. I mean... Not just opening and closing their mouths, but like, just like making facial expressions and stuff as well. And it's and it's more than just the uh, the the graphics themselves. I think the attention to detail and the level design mm-hmm. and the way the the environment kind of tells a story, yeah, or adds to the 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 depth of the story, is where this game really shines. Music is generally. All right, just it's kind very of weird. subtle and incidental, and kind of unsettlingly weird. Yeah, um, it's great at setting the atmosphere, and I think that's that's how you want to describe this game. It has atmosphere. Yeah, and I guess in the way the game is built, um, you know, obviously graphics of the time, but like you know, they built for the first game, they built an entire engine to make this game, which 
there wasn't really a ton in the 3d world in 1998 beyond what nintendo was doing well here's the thing about it is there weren't many like and game engines that a lot of people used yep a lot of it was all proprietary in-house used for one or two projects right yep it wasn't until you get to like uh quake or or no un- unreal yep the, the unreal game engine games source and you had source spyro engine. back at that time and you had you know sony had some projects yeah. that they were mario 64 on. and a bunch of different things and so a lot of like individual companies maybe reappropriated their own tech for a couple different projects mm-hmm. i think mario 64 and zelda might share a lot of common programming <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me um but this is the source engine was one of the first that was used by a large number of people aside from you know modders which yeah that was a lot of uh that kind of thing which i mean in terms like for modders like this this game has been modded you know to the to death and back yeah um honestly like one of my favorite it's 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 certainly a cult classic and one of my favorite deals is like the multiplayer mod and like videos of people playing through that and role playing different characters in the game there's some good stuff to be had honestly i don't think i would call this a cult classic i think it would just be called a classic yeah it's it's not like uh uh psychonauts for xbox where it's like released to no fanfare but has since grown a following it's like oh yeah this actually slaps yeah both half-life games were acclaimed when they came out i suppose and they're yeah exactly and they're so no, I w- they're they're classics definitely, but and they still have uh, players to this. There's day. something to be said too for the world building, you know, through the atmosphere and, and the stuff you can pick up as you go around. But you know, like the fact that these games are connected to the Portal games, and there's all this lore if you want, really want to go into it. It's like, and and the interesting thing is in a in a 3D game this early in the in the market, right? To have all this detail packed in there and have all this intentionally put stuff, it's like, oh yeah. That, that took work. Mm-hmm. You had to model that gnome. And yeah. <laughs> we can carry this gnome until the end of the game. Yep. Uh, and somebody had to make that and put it there just as a set dressing. There's this part early in Half-Life 2 where you're working your way through City 17. And to emphasize that there are no kids, um, because the Combine has shut down that ability somehow, vaguely... Um, there's just this empty playground which pretty much everybody just immediately goes and starts like going down the slide and playing with stuff in there because you can because you can yeah i think that's that's another thing the levels like allow you to play in them it's yeah. a sandbox yeah they give you a, a gravity gun they give you like just the moving around and jumping feels good mm-hmm. right um it's the sort of game where it's like just existing in the space is kind of fun yeah and messing with objects is kind of fun so just give give us obstacles to overcome and it's just kind of like yeah I and we're speaking that. mostly of the second game <laughs> yeah the, the first, first game tried to do that and it was successful for what it was yeah at the time. it's just much more stressful to play than the second game is because it's like i don't want to fall off this pipe because i don't want to have to do all the 10 minutes of pipe walking i had to do to get here it's like and then you get to the end of the sequence and it's not working it's like crap i didn't do that thing back there i was supposed to now i have to backtrack and it's gonna suck but you know limitations of the time it is what it is um you and it's sometimes interesting to to yeah. go back and play a game that is very limited by its time it's cool to see how far games have come since this point mm-hmm. too it's sort of the early early era of modern games as it were <laughs> I suppose, although uh, honestly, at this point, you could probably call Half Life retro. <laughs> Kinda, although I think most yeah. people refer to like eighties like stuff as retro, or eighties and nineties as retro. Well, I suppose it's late night, late retro period. We're in game. the twenty twenty one year. Shh, I don't want that. We're very that. nearly in the twenty twenty two year. Half Life uh, was almost twenty four years ago. I think that qualifies to be called retro. Fine. Um, just like my profile, according to that orthodontist, um, still don't completely understand that statement. But anyway, I got my teeth fixed. But we're not talking about that. Unity. What brings everything in Half Life together? I think that would be the Source engine. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the Source. 
it's the source and summit of the of the game <laughs> of the half life <laughs> of the half life. <laughs> uh, there's the title t- title the uh, source and summit. <laughs> source and summit. You yeah. know, it's it's about like exercising that technology. What can we do that with that? What kind of story can I will we tell? Exorcise kind of... that technology. <laughs> Ironic. You wrote, you wrote games about the excessive pursuit of technology, and yet that's why your game exists. Yes. <laughs> Cu- a little curious. Bit. And, curious. And you hear uh, good old gay Ben talk about things now, and it's like, dude, do you realize you're kind of becoming aperture science? Stop. <laughs> yep. They, they're, there's, they're, they're doing weird stuff. Like, almost metaverse-level stuff. <laughs> yes. Wait. I'm sure everyone, what everyone took away from Ready Player One is like, this is the ideal society we want. Yeah. But, I don't know. It, the, my favorite part of that, while we're on this tangent, is the fact that there was a bottle of Sweet Baby Rays on the shelf behind Zuckerberg. But he yes. gave that I, t- I, too, normal humans, have a <laughs> bottle of barbecue sauce where <laughs> on my, my bookshelf go. <laughs> Just like every other human. I am smoking these meats right now as we give this announcement. Um, anyway, I suppose we better uh, better wrap this up here. So I suppose. Any other comments for... No? For the good of the order? No. No? <laughs> I have a motion to entertain a motion to end the podcast. <laughs> uh, so moved. Uh, Second. <laughs> any discussion? Any discussion? Any discussion? Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papists. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapists. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiumpapists at gmail.com. And we will uh, talk to you guys again in the next episode. See you. Bye. Bye.